0: Hi, so this is the fourth edition of Free City Radio podcast that I started recording and sharing with the world in the context of the COVID-19 outbreak Um, globally, the pandemic, but also how that has affected us here in Montreal. So the podcast will not be so regular in general, but right now, I'm wanting to contribute to sharing important information and perspectives uh, in this time. So on this shorter podcast, I wanted to um, present a discussion that I had with a community organizer and also um, someone who's been involved in building independent media institutions um, on the left, progressive institutions in Canada, uh, was one of the people who worked to create the Media Co-op, that's mediacoop.ca, and um, many other projects. Um, And that's Drew Oyeje, who's an organizer and has been recently working on a project called Courage. And that is a project that aims to bridge different uh, social justice struggles and also influence the political process within Parliament in Ottawa. Um, It is an autonomous group, independent. Uh, It's quite interesting. I've been trying to contribute to the process. One thing we did recently was to launch a statement about the fact that Canada has sustained sanctions on Iran during this time of COVID-19. I thought that was really important to highlight because international sanctions on Iran are um, hindering the struggle against COVID-19 in Iran. And that's also one of the countries that has been hit the hardest by this pandemic. And uh, the sanctions that are driven by the United States, but also sanctions that Canada maintains are affecting Iran's national economy and by extension, the public health care system in Iran, which um, there are private hospitals in Iran also, of course, but um, the lower-class, working-class, poor people really do rely on public hospitals uh, often. And um, in the context of the pandemic, um, it's really important that the public health care system in Iran is stronger. Uh, but unfortunately, these sanctions have sustained and uh, Courage has made an appeal to politicians in Ottawa to address this issue. Um, so that's out there, I just wanted to mention that. But the discussion today is on a project called cancelrent.ca, so it's a website. And Drew talks about the importance of building networks and supporting a, a broader movement uh, that people have been using the hashtag RentStrike for. Or in Quebec, it's been Grève de Louis. Um, And so what this project... Um, has been focused on, um, cancelrent.ca, is basically people sign up on this website and they can group together in different cities, towns, or communities to have a strength in number. Uh, the issue, of course, is that many people are out of work and the government support hasn't been totally available for a lot of people, so a lot of people can't pay rent. Um, so I talked to Drew about this initiative And I'll share that discussion in just a second but I wanted to note that um, last night so that uh, is the 2nd of April um, around 11 p.m. around midnight uh, Facebook started removing all links to cancelrent.ca and basically they said it violated community standards that was contested and some of the main posts were reinstated today, that's Friday. Um, However, it does really bring up an important issue about censorship on Facebook and the fact that this rent strike movement, it's not just this particular page, but many other posts about um, addressing this issue of access to housing and the collective actions that people have been exploring, like rent strike, have been Um, systemically um, undercut on Facebook um, and censored. So I think it brings up a really important reflection and discussion that we need to have as progressives about our reliance on social media that are run by huge corporations where there is no democratic process or input for people to contribute to making decisions about how the structures of these social media giants uh go uh, ha- how they make decisions how they make policy um so it brings up a really important issue um, but the rent strike movement continues and i wanted to share this discussion with drew um and uh, here it is we recorded it i just wanted to note, outside of a bus station so it was a little bit windy and you hear the buses so there's some noise but and we we're also at quite a distance um so you can hear clearly, but uh, it's more noisy than other interviews. But that's in the context and circumstances. We had to stand quite far apart. So, this is Drew Oyaje. I'm with Drew, who has been working on a variety of issues. I should note that Drew's with um little baby named Raf or uh, Rafael, who you might hear yes. <laughs> in this uh, exchange. So, um, how's it going?
1: It's going well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, um,
0: I like this joint interview with you and Raf. it's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's got a few things to say about rent strikes, so, so,
0: uh, so, um, cancel was launched and, um, I wonder if you could just describe quickly the initiative and, um, how it's going and, and why you wanted to work on that. I, I know you worked on it with a yeah. number of other people.
1: Yeah. So cancel is a project that we started, um, through the Courage Coalition, um, but really it was just uh, an attempt to to sort of add to existing organizing that was going on. So what, what we noticed is that there's rent strike organizing going on uh, in the context of of COVID. Um, there's about 1.5 million people in Canada who are estimated to not be able to pay their rent in the next month or two. So um, so people are going to run out of money and not be able to pay rent and not be not be able to do anything. And and obviously it's a In addition to being a kind of humanitarian crisis and a human rights issue, it's also a um, a, a public health issue because if people can't, if people are desperate to pay their rent and keep, in order to keep their housing, what they're going to do is they're going to go do work that's, you know, they're not going to take time off of work when they should uh, in order to prevent the COVID from spreading. So, um... So that was the context and and, and, well, and really just, what we I wanted
0: to do. Yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to mention something on that point because I actually the other night was speaking to a friend of mine who's Ghanaian and non-status uh, about what it's been like for him since this all started. And he actually, we talked as he was getting off his shift at a warehouse and he's had his other job had stopped. So he's taken this job in a warehouse or doing like a lot of distribution for Dollarama and he was describing the conditions as really unsafe just as a... Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the part of the inextricably part of the context here is that, you know, there's just a wave of strikes happening across the the U.S. right now because because of exactly what you say. Like there's systematically unsafe conditions. People don't have sick days, um, and so if they don't have sick days and they and, but they have to pay rent in order to keep their family housed or to keep themselves housed, what are they going to do? Um, and so in that context, um, there's kind of a de facto rent strike going on. You know, there's um, potentially 1.5 million people who are either going to go into debt to pay their rent or don't have access to to credit and so they're gonna just not pay their rent um and so in the context of that and and calling for and and you know existing demands that have had almost a million signatures backing them at this point to to, to pause all um all rent and all mortgages yeah. and, and in the, also in the context of you know people in ottawa people in montreal people in toronto people in Vancouver, people. Uh, in some other cities as well, London I think um, organizing for a rent strike um, we decided to, uh, t- to add a little bit of just add another tool to the mix basically. So what cancelrent.CA is is a, um, is a place where people can go and they hey. can say, um, yes, I'm willing to participate in a rent strike um, you know and, and here here's what it'll take for me to participate. So you can set your threshold basically of how many other people, you, you need participating for you to participate so you can say okay 2,000 people yeah. in my city if 2,000 people in my city are striking you know um, I feel like that's enough to overload the you know the regi or, or whatever whatever the system is um, whereby landlords get evictions and so there's safety in numbers so we can we can use that to a like save our money and not go into debt but also um, but also be able to uh, put pressure on the government to, to, to basically make the banks pay for the crisis.
0: Yeah, so just to expand on that a little bit, uh, because, you know, on the Courage social media, there's a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, this is unfair to small property owners, um, you know, who have mortgages. Yeah. Um, like, like could you expand a bit on the idea of the banks bearing the brunt for this context and also the idea of like addressing this in a collective way because you mentioned like okay well 2,000 people in the city have agreed to do this so there needs to be actual policy change then at a larger level it's not like an individual situation.
1: Yeah so just to say a little more about rent strike or uh, cancelrent.ca I mean the, the idea is, is it's a critical mass app so it, it, there's a map on there that lets you see you know what cities have how many people who have pledged you know uh, to, to strike at some point. Um so um so the idea is to is to create a kind of a reflection of, of the current s- state of things so that people have a have a sense of where people stand and how many people are are willing to participate in this kind of tactic. Um so in terms of the banks I mean um yeah I mean that's that in terms of the small landlords I mean I think what we've really what we've been saying is like look like if you're a small landlord um you know chances are the reason you need that rent is not because you're living off of that income. Um, it's because there's a there's a um, there's a mortgage on it that you have to pay. Uh, and so instead of instead of be getting angry with people who are thinking about having a rent strike, why don't you get angry at the banks and have them, you know, banks who have made just record giant, giant profits for like every year they announce new record profits, it's like 30 billion in profits every year. Billions, in Canada. Yeah, this is just in Canada, um, billions in bonuses paid out to top executives. Um, banks are just, they're just swimming in money. Um, so there's just no reason, you know, if if if, if you have 1.5 million people who are desperate on the one hand and you have banks who are sitting there with billions and billions of dollars in profits every year. So I think the goal of a rent freeze and a mortgage freeze is to say, look, we're not um you know we' we're, we're not maybe maybe as a society we're not ready to say oh we should we should redistribute wealth um equally in general <laughs> but we should be ready to say in a crisis situation where people are desperate uh and having you know facing a real crisis and and having all kinds of mental health issues and having all kinds of health issues and facing all kinds of challenges you know it should be the rich who pay first and what we're seeing is the exact opposite. You know, and I think this is part of a broader trend of like in the U.S. You know, Jeff Bezos could pay with like a tenth of his income could pay like two years of like sick leave for every single Amazon employee. That's with like ten percent of his total net worth. Um, so, but but he won't. But he's he, they're actually literally setting up a, a you know a, a sick day bank for me, for employees of Whole Foods to uh, which is owned by Amazon. To um, to share their sick days with each other in case they get sick, which is just absurd. It's just it's it's kind of sick, actually. Like um, that the that that it's working class people who are supposed to give up their sick days so that their you know coworkers who are sick can can stay home from work and and not infect other people and and the and the and the multi hundred billionaire uh, or the, the the you know the person with a hundred billion dollars. Uh doesn't have to do anything.
0: We're uh, outside of Laurier Metro in Montreal, if the audio quality is a bit off, it's because we're holding all the recording equipment at a distance. I'm here with Drew Oya-Jay, um, who is with Courage Coalition, um, which is across Canada, and there's also little baby Raf, who's contributing to the interview uh, for the first time. I've spoken to you a lot of times, but the first time that is a joint interview with Raf. Yeah.
1: It's his radio debut, in fact. Yeah.
0: So, um, there are a lot of people still working, like essential services. So, like people in grocery stores, transit workers, some, you know, different, um, you know, bakers, for example, um, and of course, medical professionals and the cooks and cleaners at hospitals, uh, administrative workers. So, um, I guess, like, um, I was just wondering if you could... um, reflect on on like we're talking about rent strike but also like this sort of idea of like the solidarity that is being expressed for like frontline workers extending that to all sorts of people who are working um, but also thinking critically about the wages that people are getting especially to be working in this context i mean we can hear transit workers right now as we're talking but especially if we're thinking about bakers or grocery store clerks or pharmacy workers good. good how are you um, those people are mainly getting minimum wage, right? So thinking about, like, also, like, people are serving the community, but also, like, not being compensated very well in this context. So if you had any thoughts about that.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think what we're seeing is that, you know, there's all these, all these jobs that are, you know, effectively non-essential to society, but the ones that are the most essential to society, a lot of them, you know, like like you were saying, all the people who are cook, you know, making food, cleaning, like making sure that you know housing works, uh, making sure that transportation works. Uh, you know, um, a lot of these people uh, who are essential are actually like among the lowest paid uh, in our society, and so I think I think just rightfully so, we're seeing a lot of solidarity uh, being expressed in different ways um, for those for the people who are. Doing that essential work to keep our to keep people fed and um and housed and uh getting to work um but i think um you know i think i I hope that it will provoke some kind of reflection um uh, on a on a broader level of of okay if you're willing to like take a few minutes to to thank those workers or to you know in vancouver they've been every every day at 7 p.m they um people blast their air horns and stuff in appreciation of the frontline workers, um, you know, which is great, but like, okay, if you're willing to do that, maybe you be willing to spend an hour going to a Fight for 15 demo or um, finding another way to help fight for an increased minimum wage. Um, so I think, I think a rent freeze, um, you know, in the same way is, is really part of it's just the reason we need a rent freeze is because we already have a housing crisis that's 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 been boiling over or that's been on a kind of a slow boil for for at least 10 years and it's getting into a, it's it's getting really serious in in every major city in Canada and, and a lot of a lot of smaller mid-sized cities as well um, and so and and that's and that's driven by capital and speculation uh, and and it's the same the same market forces the same need to give investors ever greater returns on their investment that's driving rents to go up and become unsustainable for more than, you know, where you can't actually afford your rent for more than a month if you don't have a job. Um, That's the same dynamic that's leading people to not be able to not have a a living wage at their job. Um, Because the same thing that's forcing the rents up, that's forcing the housing costs up, is forcing wages down. Um, it's that same exigency of trying to get, trying to get investors ever more money uh, and, really, and really when you say who are those investors, disproportionately they're the billionaire class um, who's enriching themselves off of the misery and the difficulty um, of working people uh, and of poor people um, to, 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 to struggle to earn a living wage and to struggle to have access to affordable housing. I guess last point,
0: um, if you could just um, maybe, thank you for sharing all that, Drew, maybe if you could just share one or two critical reflections about the financial package announced by the Liberal government. We've talked about some of it already, but just to underline that point, like thinking critically about the state's response.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Um, I think, you know, people people see the, the, the kind of headline and, and, you know, they say, okay, it's, it's help for workers, it's help for renters it's all this you know and 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 I think broadly that rhetoric is popular but I think I think ultimately we're not really looking at what the total value of what's being distributed is like in in Canada it's like I can't remember the exact figures but tens of billions of dollars that are being given to corporations and in tax deferrals which basically amounts to a zero interest loan Um, you know and and it's like okay well if, once you're handing out zero interest loans, I think you have to you have to ask the question, like, wh- who is it in the public interest to hand out zero interest loans to? I would say it's like housing cooperatives and <laughs> and uh, and worker cooperatives and um, and the public sector. Uh, you know, if the city of Montreal wants to buy 100 new electric buses, it should be able to do that with zero interest loans from the government, if we're handing out zero interest loans, which I'm all in favor of. Um, so, you know but but who is actually benefiting from that disproportionately it's going to be uh, the biggest corporations i mean that's not and that's before you even get into the multiple billions of dollars in direct subsidies that are just free money basically that they're giving to these corporations um and i think if you if you look at the breakdown of of how the the money's being spent it's it's uh a significant majority of it is going to Corporate interests, and not to actual individuals or the people who are struggling the most. Um, and and as we know, like that's not how you build a robust economy. That's how you build a, a top-heavy uh, economy that's in crisis every couple of years because you don't have any consumer demand, or you don't have enough consumer demand because people are people are desperate and they're paying all their income to pay for food uh, and housing and not not a lot else. Uh, you know. This is the the fundamental issue with the you know real wages have been declining effectively declining or stagnating for like the last uh 40 years um so uh i guess i guess 50 years now um since the 1970s in any case so so this is the situation that we face i think you know we're we're in a housing crisis we're in a we're in a wage crisis um and as soon as as soon as there there's an emergency where people have to be able to take a couple months off work uh all that reveals itself um you know it was already there but but now but now it's front and center and now we have to deal with it so i i hope we can find a way to 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 take all the kind of extraordinary measures that are being used in a crisis situation and say okay well there's really no reason why we can't apply those in a to like create a status quo that actually works for people, works for the environment going forward. Drew, thank you. Website for Courage, um, CourageCoalition.ca, and the cancel rent is cancelrent.ca.
0: I've been speaking with Drew Oya J outside of Laurier Metro. We're at a bit of a distance. If you hear extra noise in this interview. Um, so uh yeah but thanks for listening um it's the first of april so rent strike um, mobilization's continuing and i've been talking with drew and you heard also a little kid in the interview who's raf um drew's newborn baby so um thanks again drew thank you so that was a discussion with drew oya j who is an organizer with courage They've launched a page called cancelrent.ca, and I just wanted to encourage people to check that out. You can sign up. Uh, It's just the beginning of April. A lot of people are out of work in the context of the COVID-19 outbreak, so it's really important for people to think about um, where things are at uh, in terms of Uh, where things are going to go in terms of people's ability to pay rent and employment. There are government benefits that have been announced, but a lot of them haven't come in yet. And we're into the month of April. So this is a really important issue um, that I wanted to highlight. So I wanted to highlight a piece of music. Um, It's released by Small Scale Music. And this is a duet between Guy on drums and saxophone by Felix Hamel. It's from the Heart Ensemble, the album is from the basement, and so here we go. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was the Heart Ensemble, their release from the basement with Guy Thouin on drums and Felix Hamel on saxophone. Thank you to Raf at Small Scale Music for passing on that release. Um, So do stay tuned. This is a shorter edition of Free City Radio Podcast. Um, I'm Stefan Christoph. You can email me, stefan.christuff at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter. Spirodon, at Spirodon, excuse me. I'm on Twitter at Spirodon, S-P-I-R-O-D-O-N, and um, if you have any ideas or suggestions for the show, please get in touch. We also broadcast on CKT Radio, which is at ninety point three FM. Thank you for listening, and um, and we'll go out with one more song. Uh, this is a collaboration between two groups that I love, Hurhan tu which are a collective uh, of musicians from Central Asia. That means Sun Propeller. This is a collaboration that they did with the Bulgarian Women's Choir. Uh, And this is a song called Cry Cry My Sadness. And I wanted to play this because right now is a tragic time. Many people are losing their lives and um, The struggle continues and so many people are working so hard to support people on the front lines and communities impacted by COVID-19. But also there are very tragic elements to this experience um, for the world. So here's cry, cry, my sadness. This has been Free City Radio. I'm Stefan Christoph. Thanks for listening.